0: If you've got a thirst for knowledge that never quits, Brightside Podcasts are just what you need. Whether you're into recent discoveries, space exploration, true stories, or useful tips for self improvement, psychology, gadgets, or just your day to day routine, there's something for everyone. You boot up your device and are filled with excitement, but suddenly it glitches and changes your date to December 31st, 1969. It's an odd date to reset to, considering it could have gone to any other date in history. However, the date is significant to Ken Thompson and Dennis Ritchie. These two dudes were responsible for major contributions to the IT world back in 1969. They worked in Bell Labs and created something now known as Open Development. They brought Unix to the world, which is one of the original operating systems known as OS for short. Every device has an operating system to command basic functions and give life to your machine. Your phone, tablet, or computer all use an OS, so you can watch this video. While some OSs are superior to others, Unix was on a whole other level. Many copycats tried to emulate what Unix could do, but failed. A bunch of users and associations got together and created a slew of other products under UNIX. Many of them are used to this day, but the most successful one is Linux. Be warned, this OS is not for the everyday user who wishes to simply click on a bunch of tabs and commands and who expects everything to fall into place. There are a lot of codes and commands you need to know to install software without everything spelled out for you. The plus side is that you'll create a super-customized PC that runs the EXACT way you want it to. The downside is that you'll have to stare at a bunch of letters, numbers, and symbols to get something to work. If you're a Windows user, then using Linux won't be a piece of cake. Linux doesn't have a single version either. It grows by combining with other software that unites everything into one OS, which you can easily install. For many functionalities, you need to install specialized programs manually to make everything run smoothly. To simply burn an image to a USB, you'll need to find the right open-sourced software to begin. Don't worry, not everything needs to be installed by the user. You can expect some Linux distributions to come with a Firefox browser and Google Chrome. Navigating through a Linux device has some recognizable elements, like a typical desktop with an application menu, a taskbar, and a window that displays your notifications. But if you're a tech whiz and aren't happy with the default desktop, you can always customize your own and install one of the choices, given that you have enough storage space and the third-party software to help you build the desktop of your dreams. But let's focus on the plus side and recognize how Unix paved the way for tech junkies and professionals alike by contributing to cloud computing, cybersecurity, mobility, visualization, and endless more tech-related fields. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. You can even find Unix OS in industries like pharmaceuticals, banking, telecommunications, government, and healthcare. As the backbone of almost everything computer, the founders left an interesting easter egg to confuse everyone with the specific date of December 31st, 1969. Back then, computers weren't common in regular households. It wasn't until the 90s that most American households had a desktop where they had surfed the primitive web. The real birth of the internet began in the 90s, even though it existed decades before that. It all started all the way back in 1969 when something called r was the talk of the town. They introduced the initial basic functions, similar to the Internet we know today, by linking some university computers together and sharing academic files. Or, in other words, peer-to-peer sharing. After that, more universities joined in until they changed the name to The Internet which is basically a large distribution of networking systems that rely on many machines sharing stuff with each other. The Internet requires a network of sharing for it to work without the presence of people. This means that if some servers crash in Australia, it won't affect your Internet if you're in the United States or anywhere else in the world. You might feel experience changes with certain websites, but it shouldn't affect your overall Internet experience. So much information is stored in data centers across the world that hold content like videos, music, and web pages. Some satellites orbit the Earth and take this information and transmit it to the device you're using. While this exists, the real reason we are connected to the Internet is at the bottom of the ocean. Cables live on the ocean's bottom and stretch from continent to continent, connecting server houses to Internet providers around the world. These cables are made out of fiber and are so thick that the pressure at the depths of the ocean floor won't crush them, and no hazardous object can destroy them. They stretch out for hundreds of thousands of miles across all continents. Many companies invested heavily in these underwater highway networks that keep the world up to date with everything. While it's true that the internet does use satellites, they're slower and less responsive than having them run through cables. Satellites are also laggy and don't perform to an optimal level. Back in the 90s, when smartphones were relegated to sci-fi and monitor screens took up half of your workspace, there wasn't Wi-Fi as we know it today. Dial-up was a struggle and the only way you could reach the internet. Do you remember that glitchy sound that sounded like a car alarm? Yeah, that was the sound of the internet back then, which ultimately meant that web pages took forever to load. Websites these days have proper functions and features that make them unique. Back then, there wasn't much you could do. Sites were crampy and, in retrospect, hilarious in design. But that was the limited technology available for everyone to use. The world saw the dot-com industry burst in the early 2000s, which led to thousands of companies losing a lot of money and a financial downfall. Quick History Lesson The dot-com bubble began when people discovered that the World Wide Web could be a new, hip place to conduct business, and that you could pretty much do anything and everything there. Once companies saw this goldmine, they started investing in these pop-up websites, which didn't even have business plans to begin with. The catch was that they had to have dot-com at the end, but it didn't really matter what the website did or what service it provided. So once the numbers grew and oversaturated the market, Investors wanted to see the money that they had invested come back to them, with a profit. But having a website, a cool and fun-looking page, and .com at the end of the domain name didn't mean it would be profitable. After a while, everyone lost their money and went home. Some companies managed to stay put to this day, like Yahoo, Amazon, and Google. They're doing so well that they managed to become leaders in their respective fields. Well, except for Yahoo. Google became a thing in the late 90s and is now the most popular search engine known to humanity. We even use it as a verb when we want to research something very quickly. Google has created its own ecosystem in order to create the ultimate internet experience. It's enough that their search engine is so popular you can find just about anything there. They also added Gmail, which is now the backbone for anything related to Google. Your YouTube account is directly linked to your Google account, where you can also back up your data on Google Drive. They even created their own Microsoft Office environment with Docs, Sheets, and Slides, which can be live, edited, and shared with friends or colleagues. No one would have imagined this back in the 90s when we were happy enough to connect to a world bigger than ourselves, and none of this would have begun if it weren't for Unix. Technically, Unix's initial release date was November 3rd, 1971. But the developers decided to use December 31, 1969, as the epic date that was the birth of the Unix ecosystem. So, if you restart the timestamp of a Unix system to zero, it will show you January 1st, 1970. The crazy thing is that nothing really happened on December 31st. No one knows if it's just a bug or something intentionally planted for everyone to stumble across. And even though the date was January 1st, 1970, they took into consideration the time zones, which means that you get it the day before the new year. Now don't panic, this isn't something that'll ruin your device or somehow entitle you to a refund. You've just got to adjust the date to your current era, and boom! You got yourself a regularly functioning machine that has a history of paving the tech field as we know it today.